Howdy, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Amnards Podcast. I'm Max, and I'm joined today by Mr. Brandon D. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in this week. We've got um, two tower. <laughs> there I go again. Two uh, God <laughs> of High School episodes to review today, episodes 10 and 11, as well as uh, ReZero episode 10. So, yeah, just to get the ball rolling, um, God of High School, the national tournament's in full swing, and um, both these uh, last two episodes have been uh, huge, huge for Jin Mori. I mean, he's he's uh, had a big part of uh, Spotlight as well as uh, Park. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been insane between everything going on with Jagal and everything, him breaking Ilpio's uh, cousin's leg in that tournament, which really pissed me off. I hate Jagal with a passion now and everything, and he he was trifling and he's going behind everybody's back, joining Knox and everything, and betraying everybody and killing people on site. It's just. He's just trifling, just through and through. It's crazy. And now we know that Jin is a part, uh, knows about Knox, that Park Mujin finally told him about it and what happened to his grandfather and everything. And once again, Studio Mappa was in their bag with a fight animation for Han Suang's fight, along with Ilpio's and uh, Jin's fight, which was crazy that, animation i don't know what they've been doing but the fight animation has been absolutely spectacular because for five straight minutes it's just sakuga just beautiful all around with the awakening and everything with upos he summons a nine-tailed fox out of nowhere awakening i'm so confused because he's just like i can't lose anymore and then you just hear harps and angels singing and everything in the background and it's like, oh, shit, this got real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you just touched on it. Uh, the Awakening, that was kind of a, something that's – I think they, they tried to, like, uh, elude that, like, over the course of the series. But um, I don't know if it really worked, but um, they laid it on thick. They laid it on thick last week. And, um, yeah, our first – or I guess our second look at um, – no, yeah, our first our first look at like a true awakening. I mean, what did you kind of take away from that whole sequence? It was crazy because we had Jin who was getting absolutely worked over by Upio for like ninety percent of the fight. Then out of nowhere, he starts busting out everybody's techniques and everything, just using Mira's swordless uh, hand technique and Han's. Uh, martial art uh taekwondo technique and then the counter goes to negative one and then i'm like oh shit what's about to happen and then he starts floating in the air gets that <laughs> white hair in the eyes i'm like oh god where's this going oh shit <laughs> <laughs> and just it was because as soon as i saw the uh sakura blossoms and everything falling and then i see a nine-tailed fox and it's like okay i'm starting to connect the dots it's about to get real <laughs> yeah for sure and um not to be outdone um jim mori showcased some uh some uh surprises of his own 
Yeah, that completely threw me off guard. He summoning a giant ass sky hand out of nowhere, just <laughs> and summoning a pole and just creating hurricanes and stuff, fighting against creating dragons with kicks and stuff. It's just like, <laughs> what is all this? I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know where to go. I was so confused, but so hyped at the same time. It's like, what even is this? Because they did that sound effect for his eye, and then I just got goosebumps, and it's just, oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was absolutely monstrous for that whole half of that episode with Jin's Awakening, and Upio didn't deserve to lose, but, damn, that was crazy. Yeah, you can say that again. Um, yeah, what did you what did you think of um, Mira this past week? Well, I feel as though she's been, like, tossed to the side almost because she hasn't really had much spotlight in the last couple of episodes with the uh, exception of helping Jin out with his birthday, which was a cute little moment and everything. But she really feels like her development has, like, halted at some point to give Jin Mori and Han a little bit more spotlight than her. I would have liked to see a little bit more from her in the competition and everything, but... I'm hoping to see more of her down the line, but I remember people in the group were saying that she had her moment taken away from the fight choreography with everything with Jin's fight with Eupios, but I'm hoping to see more from her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of conflicted. I mean, I, the, the way the series is structured with 13 episodes, I mean, it's a foregone conclusion that they had to cut and shift things around. Um Right. But at the same time, I kind of wish that that wasn't something um, left on the cutting room floor just because, like, there aren't too many series out there that really give, uh, like, their female leads, like, do justice. It was looking like God of High School was going to be, like, on its way towards doing that. And they've done a pretty good job with, with Mira. Um early on at least, but I, hopefully this doesn't become something that's like a repeat offense going forward. Yeah, I really hope not either because they put so much emphasis with the last, I think it was three episodes ago with her awakening and summoning Lubu and um, getting her sword back and everything. I figured with all that attention put on her and, and that much emphasis put on her awakening and everything, she would have more of a role in the competition later on but it seems like they put her to the side because i haven't really didn't really see her much in the most recent episode so i'm hoping to see more for sure and yeah piggybacking off that like it's crazy only two episodes left in this season to go i don't really like they're setting it up it up for like um you know jin mori against uh um jugal but, um, yeah, where do you hope to see this uh, season conclude? I hope to see Jagal get the absolute brakes beat off of him after that shit he pulled at the hospital. When he ate, when he summoned his shark to eat Suang's leg and his, uh, Ilpio's other partner's leg, arm, I was so mad at him for that. He just chucked him out the window. He's like, I'm going to end this right here and right now. And I hope he does because... He's taken enough, Ilpio's taken enough damage from that man to, he's just, it's too much because he, he's ruined his life. He's ruined the life of his uh, cousins. I'm throwing him off 
where he wants to go in life and everything's fighting for her and everything. So I'm hoping to see Jin and Ilpio lay a smackdown on Jagal for the finale. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much hoping for the same. I mean, at, th- at this point in the series, I'm just kind of along for the ride. Um, the animation and everything is great. And at least with the core three, three characters, um, like their chemistry is like is pretty solid, but like like all the moving parts like like around them, at least for for me, with someone with no context of of the series as the anime only, right? Things are just kind of hard to follow. Some of the like the power stuff is confusing, but having said that, I mean each episode is a treat to watch visually. And I can definitely see how for a lot of folks, I mean, for a lot of folks, that's kind of all they're looking for is the quote unquote hands. So a lot of folks will be uh, satisfied with this anime, I think. Yeah. And that's definitely playing a huge part into the hands and the animation and everything. But I understand where you're coming from because it seems like there's something just overall just lacking fight scenes animation and music are on point but the story and context of everything on how awakenings happen how stuff is activated they never they just completely skipped over han's chakra key uh awakening thing where he summoned that blue stuff i mean they skipped it seems like they skipped quite a bit of details and like explanations into how the power system works and the explaining of the uh six and everything with park and everything it's just it's a little all over the place but like you said we're here for the ride and everything but it's really enjoyable nonetheless yeah um just comparing it with the other webtoon series that we've we've seen animated tower of god you know tower of god had some similar problems but i feel like overall um Tower of God was kind of like the inverse. I mean, it had some pretty slick, like, animation bits at points, but, like, I feel like, like, the story itself was a lot more engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with, yeah, with God of High School, it's kind of like the opposite. Like, the story is honestly, like, it's, it's I, like, at least the anime version, like, it gets the job done. But, yeah, the... Art and animation are the selling points, it seems like, for that one. Yeah, especially with Tower of God, because that one was more story and, like, character characterization built as opposed to, like, action-based, because the fight scenes in especially the earlier episodes of Tower of God were really, like, crisp and very well done. There were, like, a few key points that I felt were missing in the tower of god uh anime but it didn't feel as big when stuff hit when like certain plot points hit not nearly as much as god of high school because it feels like they cut out like almost too much to the point where i'm getting more questions than answers with every episode so at least with tower of god they answered uh, a lot of stuff with skipping over like the minor like not important stuff, but I can see where that I can see that. Yeah. Um two episodes to go. Um hoping for a, a crazy finish. 
A crazy good finish, not a crazy bad finish. Yeah, I mean, is there is there anything else you wanted to add before we um, switch gears to ReZero? Yeah, I'm wondering where they're going to take uh, God of High School, and especially at the very end, right before they went to the cutoff music, Park said that the God of High School tournament is canceled. So I'm wondering where the, all this is going to go, and it's just going to fall into absolute pandemonium and chaos with everybody summoning deities and everything and Nox summoning sky swords and demons and stuff. It's I'm, I have no clear clue where this story is going to go from that point now that they've they said they canceled it but i'm excited nonetheless but looking forward to it most definitely yeah without um without further ado we'll move forward to episode 10 of re-zero another week <laughs> means another week of uh just uh another episode of uh craziness basically episode nine left us with um satella somehow finding her way out of the uh out of her seal and uh is currently on on the hunt to, uh for to roswell's mansion um but uh by the looks of things it looks like she uh was able to possess uh amelia's body as a host but yeah i mean like so much so much happened this episode. Garfield getting murked, uh, Ryuzu clones, Apostle of Greed talk, Biko, uh, so much. But yeah, what, what were some of your thoughts, uh, Brandon, on episode, um, episode 11 of, no, episode 10 of ReZero? It was super eerie with that whole scene in the beginning with Sato and Subaru. It was, Super eerie with that whole backdrop setting of them uh, with her constantly saying, I love you, I love you. It was super reminiscent of season one where Subaru had experienced his first death loop when he said, I swear I will save you. And with the music and everything, it was just super creepy. And I've, I kind of felt bad for Satella when Subaru was like, I'd rather be with a kid in a or Rim instead of you, and it's like, oh, damn, man. you had her Viola Davis ugly crying. It's like, damn, Silver, you didn't need to do all that. Yeah. I know she's closer to you, but damn. Right. Yeah. It's like, good God. And with that whole handkerchief thing, I was wondering what Akinda had done to the handkerchief, saying that she needed it. I'm wondering what purpose, but obviously they showed us with – him turning it into a knife and just without any hesitation, just stabbing himself in the, in the heart just really was unsettling. Cause after that whole, after he reset, it just threw everything into a loop again with him breaking down and everything. It was just really upsetting to see Subaru just going back to that, like dissonance, almost not being all the way there. And throughout the entire episode, I could feel that presence of Subaru just not matching his energy with what he was facially giving off and everything. He was just not there mentally, like, I just got to get through this, and I don't care what happens at this point. As long as it gets done, I don't care if I throw my life away or what have you, and it, which is upsetting. And I was happy to finally see him step up against Garfield and say that, I've experienced hell, and 
it was super bold of Garfield to say that you have no clue, but only little do we know that Subaru has been through hell and back dozens of times. And that whole scene, I don't know what it did, but it hit different for me for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. The episode started off with a bang, you know, we're, we're introduced to the revelation that, uh, Miss Ryuzu, uh, there are several several clones and <laughs> clones that uh, obeyed Garfield, and you know Garfield decided to try to uh, attack Satella head on to give Subaru a chance to head back to the mansion. I mean, I'm sure this isn't even a fraction of Satella's power because Amelia's probably not at like a hundred percent capacity for like host potential. Um, yeah. And even even then, like it wasn't even close. Like Garfield got murked, even uh, taking his uh, beast form. Uh, yeah, he got cleaved in half. Yeah, the clones going uh, kamikaze, uh, blowing themselves up. That was kind of uh, sad and disturbing. I mean, even if even if their minds are quote unquote empty, I mean that was still pretty horrific. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and you mentioned it, Donna uh, playing uh, chess while everyone's playing checkers, uh, enchanting his handkerchief. You mentioned the parallel between uh, episode one and uh, episode 35. But, uh, yeah, the same line, I swear I'll save you. Knowing that that was uh, Satella in Amelia's body, I mean – Honestly, more will come to light as the series progresses, but, I mean, we've seen enough to know that um, some, in some strange way uh, Subaru and Satella have, like, an intimate connection somehow. And that exchange just made you wonder, like, uh, is he swearing to save Amelia? Is he swearing to save... Satella, um, both. Yeah, I thought that scene was really interesting. Yeah, that one threw me off because it's like, who is he announcing and everything? And with the clones and everything, with the Ryuzu uh, clones and him being an apostle of uh, greed and sloth and everything, holding that witch factor, it's it's crazy because Echidna was trying to collect as much information as possible, even beyond death. She was recording everything, and it's upsetting that Ryuzu says that she does feel moments of pain and inconvenience and everything, and she does have those loops of pain and everything while collecting information. But I'm wondering why why is Echidna so obsessed with information of the world and everything? My thinking with that whole conversation and everything was maybe that she was figuring out a way with how the world works, how she could break it down and everything, and how could she destroy it, possibly, and being a villain and everything. Because I know with looks and reason, that does not mean a damn thing, but I (laughs) know she's got to be playing chess or something, because there's no way... You can't be starving for that much information just not to use it in some way, shape, or form. And I can't imagine being a part of the seven deadly sins and everything that she'd use it 
all that information over hundreds of years for good. So I'm just, I'm at a loss. And that <laughs> cute little moment at the church with Otto and Subaru, Otto just needs, he needs more respect. He's, he's one of that. And that cute little moment, he's like, Subaru's like, oh, you're, are you my overprotective mother or something? He, Otto's just like, oh, at least let me be the father at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that one. Yeah. It's like, Otto needs, he needs a hug. He needs, Subaru just needs to give him a hug, just be that friend. He's, and Subaru just needs to be more accepting of Otto and everything because he's that one person that he needs right now and everything. For sure. Yeah, you touched on it um, earlier, but um, yeah, this episode marks like a, a worrisome uh, turn for uh, Subaru and Subaru's mindset. Um, yeah, during the, the last tea party when he was talking with Donna, um, uh, she um, hypothesized that there are no limits to return by death, which makes sense because, you know, um, return by death is an authority bestowed upon him by Satella. So pretty much however long she wants him to have it, he'll have it. Once he kind of came to terms with that, yeah, it, it seems like he is um, really just transition to just as much trial and error as possible. Um, you know, not real. I mean, he'd like to obviously clear, clear the level, so to speak, but he's willing to retry as many times as necessary. Um, and yeah, his, his body language is all wrong. Um, even some of his dialogue is just off and, and wonky. I felt like him leaving that letter for like Amelia was uh just came off as really weird in this conversation after he's like, Yeah, honestly, I probably didn't even need to probably didn't even need to leave leave that letter because there's a pretty decent chance that I'm not gonna clear the loop this time. And yeah, his facial expressions are just like not matching up with what he's trying to say all the time. He's really uh, starting to lose touch with humanity, which is super interesting considering that, like, um, it's kind of been implied that, like, when you get your witch factor, like, like that's kind of what happens. I mean, all the witches that we've met so far, like, <laughs> are very, very eccentric people that are kind of, detached from humanity pretty much as as crazy as it was when we met typhon minerva and daphne i mean in a matter of speaking uh subaru isn't all that different from them yeah you're right on that one <laughs> so uh it's it'll be interesting to kind of see how this continues if he continues to lose touch with his humanity or if something uh, some like trigger moment like snaps him out of it. Yeah, because even Rem and Otto picked up on it. He's like, you don't seem to be acting like your normal self. You just seem off somehow, some way. It's just, and it's a, it's unsettling and upsetting to see Subaru slowly losing his humanity and starting to fall into like 
hopefully he doesn't fall completely into like darkness or anything, fall into that like sunken place and goes yeah. fully like evil or something. But I'm rooting for him to get through this because it's just too much on him. And I'm just glad he was able to at least clear one of the obstacles in the loop with getting to the mansion and warning Frederica and um, Petra before Elsa was able to raid the mansion and everything. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And picking up on that, you know, the another worth noting again, I mean, White Fox continues to deliver. I mean, no, no opening this week and then we did get an e uh, ed but it played over the anime um so we still got extra content and uh the episode ends with him returning to the mansion able to uh meet up with biako and like he arrives to kind of uh talk to her get more information and to uh escape the mansion with her but um her uh her dialogue uh very cryptic and kind of foreboding uh towards the end um brad what did you what did you think of uh Subaru's exchange with Beatrice? yeah, that one threw me off because she was normal with her mannerisms and everything saying I suppose this is and she said it was ironic that it would be you to take me with you, and it's like, what does that mean that it was ironic that it, had me wondering with the book that she has that tells the future, did he change it somehow, some way, but it somehow had like a slightly different, but the same end result. It just, it didn't match at all. Cause she was so like content with it. And she was like, she already knew what was coming. It was just that whole scene just threw me off. Like, as I know, hopefully they'll get a contract together, but I'd assume that she already had a contract with Rosewall and everything. So that whole ending sequence just threw me for a loop on that one. Yeah, like she seemed very, very relaxed, very kind of, um, very like at peace. Such a contrast to where we left her last time. And, and man, I think that was a couple loops ago now, but, um, yeah, that, I'm really interested to see what happens on that front uh, next week. And speaking of that, you know, what are some uh, thoughts and uh, predictions that you're hoping for um, with this week's uh, episode? Hopefully they'll, I'll see Subaru make a full contract with Bieko. And I'm wondering if Satella wouldn't, she would be, she wouldn't be thrown off by, Garfield's distraction and everything using the Ryuzu clones and everything. I'm wondering if she's going to show up at the mansion two days earlier and they're going to show up at the same time and then they're going to have Bieko fight against Satella. But with ReZero, you don't know what to expect the next week. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm at a loss, but that's my prediction. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. I mean, in a lot of ways, um, this was probably the best start Subaru's had to a loop so far, but, um, you know, we'll see if he can stick the landing or get some good stuff out of it. I mean, it sounds like we'll be in for a, I mean, I guess, I guess this is every week, but I think we're going to be in for a feels trip with, uh, th this next episode. Yeah, and we can't forget that Rams also, Rams also Rams also at the uh, mansion as well. So there's that 
point as well, coming back to her. Hopefully they'll touch more on her going into the next episode. If anything does happen at the mansion, hopefully we'll get to see her. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Same. And, um, yeah, this isn't, uh, exactly related to, um, oh, well, yeah, I forgot to bring up this point. Um, interesting. I don't think it was really touched on in the discussion post in the group, but, um, did you notice that, um, you know, Subaru, uh, returned by death and, uh, kind of was having a breakdown upon awakening and, um, Amelia was able to comfort him and like reassure him. So basically, you know, in the w- the way the loop goes without interference is that she wakes up with a, you know, a, an emotional like breakdown from uh, the trial. But uh, seeing Subaru in that state made her prioritize him over herself, um, which kind of, I mean, she still has those issues that she isn't really addressing and taking care of. But, um, and it was just another example of, uh, Amelia, uh, putting others, uh, before herself. Yeah. That had me shaking, uh, scratching my head with that one. Cause normally with every loop that we've seen so far with her in a full crying panic, calling out for puck and everything being in tears and having, uh, Subaru be her emotional, um, just, trying to calm her down and everything it shows that parallel of uh him finally being calmed down by amelia and from preventing him from having his mental breakdown and everything and i'm just wondering what changed exactly that would make her wake up in a normal state instead of tears and everything but i guess we'll see soon enough yeah oh man part of me is um part of me is bummed that uh uh, season, season two is split core because I just want the story to keep going. But, um, man, um, I think people are really going to flip at the end of this first core. And, um, yeah, the anticipation is going to be through the roof for the second core. I feel, I've, and it, I don't know if it will win just because it's split core, but, um, as, as of now, you know, um, if Attack on Titan does release uh, this fall, then that's uh, probably a front runner. But I don't really see how any other anime released so far could be considered anime of the season. Uh, right. I feel like right now, um, so far, that title belongs to uh, ReZero. Oh, yeah, definitely, because they hit it on all points with this season with Suspense. A lot of plot points being moved forward and a lot more questions to be answered and everything. Music, animation, everything's just been on point for this first curve of the, um, of the, of the second season. So I'm wondering how long we'll have until the uh, second curve, but I'm definitely excited to see what they've got in store for us. Most definitely. January can't come soon enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello? Joining us, um, joining us on the pod is uh, Mr. Aaron Kute. Hey, okay, yeah. So that last episode got a high school kind of fucked me up because that was not supposed to happen, and it kind of takes away Mira's big chance to shine. Yeah, that's. I mean, 
that's kind of what I, I mean, obviously I wouldn't have known because I'm an anime only, but it definitely felt like something was amiss there. Yeah, that and the, when you build a scene as somebody who doesn't need, you know, borrowed power, then that shit happens. It, it fucks the story. And it's not like, I don't mind like anime diversions, like the Ronman wanting to have anime is fun. He doesn't even go by the manga, does his own thing and shit, shows his mama. But stuff like this, it gets a little weird for me because I don't see the point, you know? Yeah, I mean, Brandon and I kind of talked about it earlier, but, um, you know, so so far the webtoon adaptations have been like like solid and okay. Like like there's something missing that, and it's unique to each series. Um, there's like something missing from making these uh, adaptations uh, elite. I feel like. Yeah, and like I figure it's the first season. Okay, they find your feeding footing. Right, for sure. Honestly, like. Um, I think it's a lot of like logistics stuff. Like it must have been something like because uh, because each series has just been like one core, uh, thirteen episodes, and I believe uh, is it Noblesse or Noblesse? Yeah, that's that's, that's going to be thirteen too. So it's I, I feel, me. yeah, like I feel in there there must not have been an option for a second core like it financially maybe it just didn't work out but yeah it feels like if all these series were able to get that second core uh there'd be a lot more breathing room to adapt these series more faithfully yeah i think that'd be nice oh. but it still worries me because i feel like the bless well i think the blessing might have the best chance because it seems like the most anime ready in terms of like plot, but that's still gonna be a lot, you know, to pack yeah. thirteen episodes. That I'm, I don't remember it being very heavy on action the first few chapters. So yeah, I mean, and like you said, I mean, this is you know webtoons' first real foray into anime, and they'll be hopefully they'll be able to figure out what works and what doesn't. And I mean, even though it, it's been kind of shoddy. The season twos for these series are going to be so much better than the season ones just because yeah. they laid, they right. were able to, even as, as shoddy as it was, they're able to lay like the foundation and uh, right. they should be able to build on that in season two, um, especially I feel like with Tower of God. Yeah, especially with that cliffhanger that they left us off on. So they've definitely been preparing for something big to happen, but I'm expecting something huge for the second season. I'm definitely seeing a step up from uh, Tower of God in the um, in the future. Same. Because they ended on a good chapter, so I think they got the pace in there. But overall, I'm still worried. Yeah. Probably like a just a weird feeling, you know, like longtime webtoon readers for the longest just moving forward with your series just under the assumption that it's never gonna like be animated at all. Right. And then to finally have it animated, it was such a huge surprise and a welcome surprise. It seems like for the most part the the reception almost almost unanimously has been even even more than the manga readers. It's been you need to 
read the webtoon. Like the like the the anime hasn't seemed to so far be a, a better experience than I mean the yeah the anime hasn't been a better experience than the webtoon. Like some anime have been a better experience than the manga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Crunchyroll being on the production committee, I feel like it's safe to say that. Um, I think it's safe to say that these series are definitely getting sequel seasons as far as season threes and so on. I don't know, but I definitely think that there is enough there for them to be invested in second seasons at, at minimum. Yeah. That's actually kind of the thing I'm thinking. I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the amount of content that they have for um, Tower of God and God of High School, they have like close to 400 plus chapters per series. So they'll definitely have a lot of room to work with, with especially adjusting season two, depending on if we're going to get like a 13 episode season two or like a 26 episode season two and see how much they can adapt from it. But um, I'm expecting big things when uh, Tower of God does get season two and definitely when God of High School gets a season two, when whenever that gets here, I'll definitely be expecting big, thing, big things because it seems like with everything that's been leading up to this point with the anime and everything, that they're going to leave us off on a big bang and everything. So Yeah, since they got everything laid out now. Yeah, definitely. Because they've just been hyping this up the last couple of episodes just to, I feel, massive build up from these last few episodes with the fights and stuff and how they've been leveling up and everything. It's just leading up to something even a lot bigger. Yeah, I mean, um, Aaron, I don't know if you caught um, last week's episode of... Uh, ReZero, did you did you have any thoughts on um, episode I didn't 10? Chance, I didn't get a chance to see episode 10 yet. Okay. Like, Perfect. Oh, okay. Was it a good one? Did it, oh, did, it, oh. did, it, did it make you question your emotions? <laughs> no, it did. And Sorry, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't mean that. Uh, oh, no, I didn't, meant, sarcastic I, didn't meant, I didn't think you meant it like that. I was just wondering about the episode. I was like, was it another episode where, again, you question your emotions? Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm 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 worried I'm worried about Subaru's um, faith in humanity right now. <laughs> Slowly slipping away. Yeah, pretty much. But honestly, I mean, when you kind of have and <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you know, you know how like our anime circles are. Like, it's all about this like the 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 quote unquote hands and the overpowered characters but i mean we we don't exactly think of him like that cuz it's not a physical ability but subaru's ability is one of the most overpowered abilities we we have right now and um yeah it needs to be a save point yeah and like you know the depending on who you are um that could be a gift or a curse. I mean, the the more you have to use that, like, the more I feel like your humanity kind of just slivers away because, I mean, death, like, obviously, just like anything, like, in life, like, death is a part of life. And if and if you're a being that that doesn't really apply to, 
Um, I've rejected my humanity, Rem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, basically like that's that's a huge risk. I mean, in a sense, yeah, you're you're not really like part of you isn't really human anymore if if you're not experiencing like the permeation of uh, death. Deal will be proud. <laughs> he will be very proud. Now that's what I'm going to be thinking about. <laughs> Natsuki Gio. <laughs> I'm rejecting my humanity, Subaru. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I could definitely see um, Dio as one of the uh, archbishop sins. What 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 sin what sin would would he be? Do you think would he be uh, pride or um... pride? Seems like the most obvious answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that's hilarious too because. Oftentimes, Subaru is most associated with pride, so it's perfect. And I feel like Dio would be a really toxic influence in Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> like, they have a whole episode where he just, he seems okay, but a little weird, and at the end, he would say something really horrible, and Subaru would just look at him. Do you really that, need your, do you really need your friends and family? I don't think so. <laughs> you can just kill them. They're worthless. <laughs> And Subaru just looking at him like, what? He's like, did I stutter? <laughs> now I need it. Now I need Dio and ReZero now. So someone, someone start the, the fanfic. Oh, God. <laughs> bizarre adventure. I mean, let's be honest. That would, that would be a very accurate title to the story. Incredibly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, you know I, I think that about wraps it up for us this week. Was there anything else you guys wanted to to add before we part ways? No, I'm good. Perfect. Well, yeah, man. Um, I think this about does it for us. Um, thanks everybody for listening this week. Um, I'm Max, and I was joined this week by Mr. Aaron Coute and Mr. Brandon D. We're the Black Game and Nerds podcast, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah. See you later. See you.